Welcome to the Professional Ag Marketing Podcast. If you want a deep dive into the ag markets and risk management strategies, your search is over. Come here after every Friday to get your weekly commodity recap. Trading commodity futures and options involves substantial risk of loss and is not suitable for all investors. This is your host, Mike Miner. Let's get started. All right, today is December 15th. I've got Pat with us here today. How's it going, Pat? Good, Mike. How are you? We're doing pretty good. I'll tell you what, um, we're going to talk about a couple things today. We're going to talk about keeping the bulls fed here, talk about the Fed report, and see where the conversation goes here. Like we were talking about before, honestly, not a lot of market movement here going on recently, has there? No, not uh, as much as we've recently become accustomed to, but uh, it's still a good idea to review what's going on. And I I think... uh, the latest uh, news from the Fed is a good place to start, Mike. So what did we learn this week? Awesome. Well, the Fed uh, took a downshift to a half a point hike this time instead of their recent hikes of three quarters of a percent. So that was a little bit of a new information. It was expected. However, um, that is what they came up with. So the Federal Reserve, they downshifted its pace in their uh, rate hikes, signaling that borrowing costs, now the highest since 2007, Pat, will rise more than investors anticipated here. And uh, that really ensures that hopefully they would see inflation continue to keep cooling. And we saw that in the CPI report earlier this week as well. It wasn't quite as hot as what they thought it was going to be. So the Fed said, you know what, we can we can start to slow down the rate of hikes, but they're they're figuring that they're still going to have to make some hikes because they are projecting that this was new information now that they would end next year at 5.1% on the Fed rate. So that is at 4.25 today. So that's higher than they were previously expecting going into this report. So that was kind of newer information. They think that they got to keep the foot on the gas pedal here a little bit longer than maybe what some people were hoping, even themselves going back to the September report. So they did have a few hawkish projections in there to have uh, have a little bit of potential to jolt the financial markets. And we saw a little bit of a setback there, but nothing too crazy out of the past couple days. And looking forward now, they pretty much led that for the February news going forward that they were going to wait for incoming data to make any decisions on that on that month's report. Uh, what do you think the, the longer-term impacts of this are, Pat? Yeah, well, I, keep, I still keep just thinking about the possibility of this all working out. I mean, when we got a, a little bit favorable CPI data, uh, slowing down the rate of increase on the Fed interest rate hikes, Um, the way that uh, the stock market is acting, the way that some of these commodity markets are acting, um, it provides for the opportunity at least of a soft landing. And so, um, you know, every day that goes by that something, I guess, bad doesn't happen, um, the the more optimistic I become that uh, this might all work. It might work to uh, 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 feather the rate hikes into in an area where, you know, it creates an an opportunity for the Fed to react if there's ever a slowdown in economic activity, and and uh, and it, and it might uh, it might uh, work out okay. And so, when I look at <clears throat> what impact that has on some of the the commodities that we care most about, I I find it interesting that, like as an example, um, the 2023 uh, lean hog. Uh, futures contracts, especially the nearby ones, the February contract as an example, is trading on par to uh, where the index is at today. And that's 
a little unusual, you know, and, and so so February hogs is is trading at a at a discount to to maybe what it should be, and and likely implying uh, some concern as it relates to protein demand as we go forward, and and uh, and and so I find that curious. I mean, the 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 Feds, the CPI data, uh, those types of of um, macro indicators are suggesting that we're doing okay from an economic activity perspective. But we've got a lean hog market that's sort of that's trading a little bearish or trading like potentially some slowdown in, in protein consumption at least. And so I don't want to read too much in the, into any of all of that, right? Yeah. But but it's uh, uh, it is an interesting, I think, an interesting dichotomy if nothing else. And on the grain sides and energy side, you see the same thing. I mean, energy's prices have backed off quite a bit here. They rallied a little bit before yesterday's report here, but they have been significantly lower. Gas demand is closer to 2020 levels, and uh, we are seeing inflation stop on that front. I mean, your average gas price now in the U.S. is 333 instead of 334 last year, so that inflation's pretty much gone, right? And you see a little bit of weakness in the corn market here. I mean, if you if you weren't really paying attention, all of a sudden, uh, we traded down to a low on March corn futures at 635 here at the beginning of December. That's been trickling lower as well, and you see it on the ethanol demand side, and you see it on crude oil as well. And I thought it was interesting when uh, Powell was talking yesterday. Uh, he was talking about the three buckets of that they're looking at with inflation. So they had goods inflation, which was supply uh, finally starting to get fixed, right? Supply chain logistics. Um, that was the first bucket. The second bucket was housing services, which will go up, he thought. Rents will continue to get renegotiated at higher rates. It's more expensive for the owner to lend money now or buy, uh, to rent, rent out. Um, however, non-housing core services, mainly labor, makes up most of that. And that's like 55% of all of those buckets is what he was talking about there. And that's going to take some time is the way he discussed it. So like his outlook going forward was that labor is not something that you can just say, you know, all of a sudden it's fixed tomorrow. It takes a year for all of a sudden unemployment to start going up at a reasonable level without, you know, companies just massively shutting down everywhere. You know, he talked about like the tech sector because unemployment has gone up a little bit, but it's like, okay, they don't really count. You know, he even mm -hmm. said that in his deal. So his three buckets I thought were interesting on how they were gauging inflation going forward and what they were kind of focusing on. Interesting. And so, um, and you know, there's some re like a 75,000 contract reduction in open interest in yes. corn last right? week alone. Yep. And so talk about that a little bit. Uh, it, and do you think that's a is that a dichotomy too? Like why why are why would index funds be selling off corn futures at a time where the CPI data would suggest that we're in a pretty good spot here as it relates to uh, uh, holding economic activity at these elevated levels? So I just started looking where so it's got to go somewhere, right? Yeah. So like I had one guy mention CD uh, interest rates were like four point five percent. So maybe go there for a little bit, shake that, some of this out, see what happens. The other one was the metals have really skyrocketed, so gold and silver, because the U.S. dollar's dropping. So they didn't run to that, which has been their main go-to so far. So something's changing, because when all of a sudden before when something was shifting 
and we were worried money was just flowing as a safe haven to the U.S. dollar, and that's not happening today, which makes sense that if inflation's going to start getting fixed and start to go back to the 2% level that they want, all of a sudden now they don't have to rush into the U.S. dollar like they were, and now they're going to gold and silver and maybe saving a little bit more money for a break in the stock market again because that's pretty dead in the water and it doesn't sound like that's going to want to go anywhere until at least 23. So that's kind of what I took it as I guess when I looked at the stock market's reaction, fund reaction out of the commodities and more of just a all right where do we put it now. Right. So we're we're in an interesting uh, transition times and in terms of of money flow. Definitely. And and so and then now back to your one, two, three bucket thing. We we should be keeping an eye then on unemployment data, um, jobless claims, uh, uh, how many jobs are created on a monthly basis, those sorts of things. Right, Mike, to uh, uh, keep an indication or keep some sort of an idea on how that might look. And Powell really said he closed it all off by talking about just positive growth because a lot of the analysts in the crowd were like, all right, the projections you have should be somewhat recessionary. And he's like, well, we've got positive growth still. And if as long as we continue to have that, you can't really call it a recession. And we've got a strong labor market still. So the moment those two start to break a little bit more, then that'll be a really key sign of him saying, you know what, we can relax a little bit on these hikes. So Makes sense. Yeah. Anything else you want to talk about here today, Pat, to finish up uh, on these markets this week? Well, do you mind spending just a little bit of time, Mike, uh, just talking through South America weather? Um, yeah. You know, we've talked, uh, I mean, we, we did get some moisture down there like Friday, Saturday of last week. What's forecasted? What's the thought process going forward as it relates to South America weather? Yeah, so most of the dryness in Argentina, which has been the one that's been majorly dry, that's why the soybean meal market has rallied so hard. So they've been focused on Argentina, which uh, their dryness concerns are mainly their own. Uh, Their product uh, for soybeans is grown in the northern part, kind of central of Argentina. And they received some rains kind of over the weekend. We saw some weakness in, in the grain prices uh, towards the beginning of the week because of that. But the the outlook here still looks somewhat somewhat dry and hot for Argentina. Brazil, I, I still don't see any problems out of Brazil, and I don't think anyone else does. And they've got a really big crop that they got to start shrinking here in a hurry. Your weather premiums usually between December and January, and uh, you're going to start running out of favor out of time to gain much more favor out of their weather patterns. So when I look at it, you know, if Brazil has a has a problem that's three times greater than Argentina Yep, because they're three times the production. And Argentina does have a problem today, and the USDA hasn't adjusted anything on the balance sheet for that yet. So you could see them waiting until January to do that to see how weather does come the next couple weeks, even though it is projected to be a little bit drier. So we could see some adjustments for reporting agencies going forward into January, but from now until then, uh, you're going to be watching South America weather very heavily compared to the rest of the internal fundamentals today. And it's the right time of the year, so you usually try to get a little bit of a soybean rally here at this time frame. My question is just how long is it going to last? Here's a hot market tip, Mike. Sell weather rallies. That that is a good tip. Yeah, it's never been that's never been uh, never been said before, right? It's, never. Uh, <laughs> that's new information for anyone listening. No, I I joke, but it's uh, it is something to consider, and we've we've talked about that a little bit 
um, over the last week or two, right, Mike, especially as it relates to new crop November soybeans, to get really specific. But but uh, we're in the midst of a weather rally, a weather scare down in Argentina specifically, and and um, we've become conditioned through the years to, to uh, attempt to take advantage of weather premiums that are built in that May, June, July time frame uh, as it relates to you know, a, a critical time of, of the year for our crop development. But but this time of year for South America is critical as well, and and uh, there may be uh, it may be appropriate to at least consider uh, looking at uh, that new crop uh, uh, contract here, as it as it puts uh, certainly some premium in in anticipation of or because of some stressful conditions in Argentina. Definitely. Well, I think that's about it for today, Pat. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. And thank you to all our listeners. Please reach out to us at professionalagmarketing.com. Check out our other podcast as well, Professional Ag Marketing, that's released every Friday. Trading commodity futures and options involves substantial risk of loss and is not suitable for all investors. See you next time.